Welcome to episode 135 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. Once again, this is episode 135 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Uh, I'm really excited today because I feel like today's topic is going to be really, really powerful. Uh, I'm sitting down with Kim and we are going to talk about... Um, getting the most out of conversations in the sense that uh, when you are looking at sort of a conflict or you have disagreeing opinions or whatever, uh, sort of finding a resolution that everybody is is happy with and, and reading somebody uh, and sort of understanding uh, where, where you need to come from. Uh, so it's a really, really good conversation. It's a really great way uh, to understand dealing with situations that are less than ideal, which is going to come up in the course of running a business. It's just it's just gonna happen. Uh, so it's a really good conversation with Kim. Uh, I'll be jumping into that in just a second. As far as housekeeping, there's not a ton happening housekeeping-wise. Uh, Social Pro will be back. Uh, it's actually going to be opening up again in May. You'll be able to start reserving your spots uh, in April. And we're gonna have some crazy, crazy, crazy cool stuff happening with it this next round. If you want to be the first to know when it opens up, go to thestacyharris.com slash social pro uh, and you can get on the wait list. That allows you to know first what's happening, uh, which is going to be hugely beneficial. Just trust me on that. Uh, did the webinar earlier this week for Rockstar Guide to Google Plus and Google Plus 101 and all of that good stuff. That was awesome. Uh, if you want to catch the replay, it's still available until Monday. Um, but if, so if you're listening to this Friday, you can check that out. Uh, I think that's all we've got. I think that's all we've got uh, going on. So let me tell you a little bit about uh, Kim because she is fantastic. She was the principal at Ivy Bay Consulting, uh, has over 25 years experience in the high-tech industry. This experience, experience encompasses company sizes from startup to Fortune 50. Uh, with associated diverse corporate cultures. Uh, she has held a range of positions from individual contributor to vice president in engineering, project management and operations, uh, and holds both a master's degree in engineering management from Stanford University and a bachelor's degree in computer science from CSU Chico. Kim has both the education and practical background to offer consulting services, Ivy Bay's specialty areas. Uh, she brings a unique blend of common sense and structure to her approach. Uh, to management processes and coaching, uh, which I really, really like. Uh, in my conversation with Kim, and you guys will hear that in just a second, it was awesome how sort of practical everything was. It was very, like, logical, uh, which I really liked because I think it's it's nice to be able to sort of look at something before you're in a situation where you're reacting uh, and, and sort of think about, okay, how do I want to manage this? Uh, which is awesome. So without anything else from me, let's jump in. Let's hear from Kim. Uh, and and if you want to hear any, or we mentioned any links or anything, you can check everything out at the show notes page, which is of course at thestacyharris.com slash episode 135. All right, here's Kim. All right, everybody, I've got Kim with us now, and I'm really, really excited to talk about this because I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And you know that the show is not really for you. It's just because I like to get people on the phone and talk to them and have really interesting conversations. And then I let you guys hear it because that's how I roll. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you very much, Stacey. Um, uh, before we get started, because I have a tendency to get ahead of myself, 
Um, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to everyone so that they kind of know uh, your background and, and where we're coming from in this conversation. Okay. Uh, I uh, do project management and process engineering and um, coaching, a lot of coaching, uh, which means it kind of I, I figure out the route and I lay the tracks and then I make the train run, trains run on time and train the other conductors. That's cool. the easiest way to describe what I do. But I... I was in, um, well, not exactly corporate America because I live in Silicon Valley and I'm in tech, but I worked for other companies for about 20 years before I started my own consulting business. So I, I was fortunate to be at IBM for 11 years when I first started, but that's where I learned to be a manager. And ma- managers at IBM at that time, there was no HR. So you had to do everything. You had to understand how to work with people, and that kind of got me more toward the direction I took later and, and more toward how do we get everybody to win as much as possible in a given situation. Um, and then I went, I popped around to smaller and smaller companies and eventually landed at, at eBay and left there to start consulting. So I've been from line development engineer through vice president and back again. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> no, well, and I, you know, I like that you talk about, you know, your experience with IBM and, and making those win situations because that's what we want to talk about today. But, you know, I was thinking about this before we got on about how I wanted to approach this and, and all of that, you know, pre-show stuff. Yep. And there's so many situations where you walk into and you're like, okay, how do we, how do we get the best resolution, resolution, excuse me, for everybody? And that can be everything from like clients where maybe the, it's ending in a less than ideal way. Um, maybe a, a customer bought a product and it didn't go as well as you, as, as everyone would like, or, or, you know, hiring contract employees or full-time employees or any of that stuff. There are all of these situations. And I, I think it's hard to just have like, this is the way it will work for everything and everyone <laughs> and all of the time. Oh, and it, it so doesn't, it's so situational. And you know, one, one unhappy person can blow your best laid plans out of the water in a real hurry. Mm-hmm. So, so absolutely, it's so critical to to get a good read and and to to try to get everybody on the same page. You know, you're never going to make everybody happy all the time, but if you if you lay things out cleanly and let everybody in on what's happening, you have a lot better chance of understanding where they're coming from and finding some common ground. Well, I, I think right there is, is the, the best first step you can start with, which is A, everybody wants to be heard yes. and everybody wants to be informed. Yes. So if you kind of move forward with like listening and transparency, I think you're already ahead of the game. I think that is absolutely true. And a lot of times it, you get into situations where people are kind of information hoarding mm-hmm. because information can be power and you got to ferret that out and never, ne- I, I never, do that unless you know I'm protecting client confidential information or something like mm-hmm. that. But I lay my cards on the table. I have one one CIO I work with who introduces me that way. This is Kim. She's the one who throws the skunk on the table. But you know, I, I want it out there. I want everybody to know what it is that we're trying to do. And um, and I have to think that through. And I think it's really important to go if you're going into a situation, understand why. Mm-hmm. You may not know what you're walking into. You may be walking into you know, a bunch, you might be in a, a minefield, but, but know what it is you're trying to come out of there with and let everybody know and see if they've got some other agenda that you can ferret out and, and lay out so that you can meet everybody's needs as much as possible, but focus. 
Well, I think knowing that goal sometimes helps you respond from a brain place instead of an emotional place. Because when we get in these sort of messy situations, it's it's easier to respond from an emotional place, which I find generally generates the wrong response for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because my, my just, you know, right, you start to... my, my sort of fallback position is usually mad <laughs> when it comes to these things. <laughs> now, I'm not somebody who's going to, like, get upset and cry. I'm somebody who's going to get upset and yell. Um, yep. <laughs> so for me, it's important for me to, like, think from the brain place. Yes, yes, and it's a lot easier for me. I'm the same, exactly the same way. Only I get very quiet, and then I kind of explode, and it's really not a good way to to do business. I don't think but. I have a quiet mode, <laughs> like ever, in any in any emotional spectrum. <laughs> I'm happy I talk. I'm mad I talk. No, um, oh, that works too. Everybody knows where you are. It's true. It's true. But the My other mom thing never is- said I needed a bell as a small child. <laughs> we heard me coming. Um, one of the other things that you said triggers a really important thought and that's that everybody wants to be not only heard but they want to be listened to and I think a lot of times especially when when we start to get emotional something's not going the way we expected to or we're we're in react mode we're thinking about what we're going to say next not listening to what Ah, people are telling us and um that's one of those things I've had to work really hard to to get past is sit down listen to what somebody's saying Take a, you can you can take a minute to respond. Mm-hmm. Strangely um, enough, I learned that lesson fighting with my husband. Really? But yes, because I would be thinking about what I was going to yell at him next, <laughs> and he would have said something, and I would yell at him, and then he'd be like, "I just said that." And I'm like, "Oh, I wasn't listening." <laughs> <laughs> so that applies to a lot of places, business and personal life. But no, I, I think you're right. When we end up in react mode, we kind of in a, in a weird way we go in. Yes, and I think if everybody goes in, nothing's going to get accomplished. Right, and if you if you if you if you can get yourself out of that mode and look at the other person or people that you're with, you can start to tell when they're getting in that mode. Mm-hmm. Right, and you could just wait them out, stop talking. <laughs> you know, well, eventually they'll notice that there's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you made a good point with the fact that you can take a minute to respond. Like, yes. I, I think a lot of times we end up at sort of the bottom of the slippery slope in the in the pit because it all it all went so fast. Yes. <laughs> like you know that fraying, like it all just happened so fast. Like it, yep. it just spiraled out of control. So like stopping, taking a minute, reframing, making sure you're coming from a good place. Um, yes. 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 And the other thing is when there's quiet, people will fill it and you will learn a lot yeah. about what's going on because people will, will keep talking for a while and, and if you're really listening, you'll get a lot of information you know, while, while they're talking. One of the things, this sounds really weird, but I, I have a horse and, um, and, and so I started down this, okay, <laughs> I started down this natural horsemanship path and, and there are these really good lessons that I've learned to apply and one of them is the more I listen, the more my horse talks and I, I find that true now as I apply it to people, right? Mm-hmm. The more I listen, the more they tell me. So um, some sometimes the way to get to 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 get the answer is to listen to what they have to say. Because if they know you're listening, they're gonna they're gonna want to tell you more. I, I love that, and you know, I, I apply that in even non sort of like less than ideal situations. I do that with with my coaching calls. Because I find that if I sit there, you know, if I frame the question, you know, you know, especially in those first calls or those in- initial introductory calls, 
it'll all talk about, you know, okay, so, so where is the struggle now? Like what, what do you feel like you're running into? Um, and then I'll, 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 they'll talk and I don't just jump right in. I I sort of wait there for a minute because there's always more. Yes. They're not sure they're going to tell you. Yes. (laughs) But if you wait, they'll tell you. Well, and the other thing that, that I do when that's happening, when in my coaching a lot is say, it's okay. Think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm good. You don't have to, you know, you just be calm. Think about it because people, you know, they're they're using your time. They're using their time, and and they feel like if they don't have the answer right away, it's a problem. And and it's not. You mm-hmm. know, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Sit back and think about it. Well, and a lot of times you'll find, especially as I get further into coaching calls, you know, like with Bam, you know, we're starting, we're you know, we're getting towards the end. A lot of times they'll figure out that they. They can figure out the answers if I let them just keep talking. They'll be like, oh, wait, that's the answer to my question. Like, see? Exactly. <laughs> you can get there. You don't actually need me. Yep. Um, so, no, I, I, and I think, so I think that's such an important lesson for, for all of our conversations. You know, sort of let their, don't be afraid of the quiet and, and let everybody sort of get all the way through their piece. Yes. Yes. The other thing that, that I work with a lot um, and I did this, I, I, I was part of the, the Institute for Chronic Disorganization, which, which sounds kind of funny, but it's, a, you know, there's a, the, the scale goes up to hoarding. So it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I did a lot of work and I apply this a lot with learning styles, which, you know, has been around forever. They did it in the seventies, but they, it's only mostly been applied to like elementary school education, but there's been an explosion of research into this. And it, it the upshot is people learn in, different ways and everybody can learn in a lot of ways but but there are modes that people are most comfortable with there's there's visual which is pictures you know those are the people that you got to draw a picture on a, on a whiteboard for them mm-hmm. to get it and there are um, reading writing so you want to give them an explanation in email and there's there's um, audio which is like at the bottom of my list but there are people mm-hmm. who who you know, they have to hear it they they if, if they see it written it doesn't help mm-hmm. and there are tactile those are people who have to touch it, and they're kinetic, and those are people who need movement to, to best learn. Mm-hmm. And so I try to figure out, people I work with long-term, I try to figure out what they need, um, how, how do they learn best. And if I'm working with groups of people, I try to, to communicate in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's, that's a clue. So if someone is – now, I'm, I'm really kinetic, so I tend to, like, play solitaire when I'm – in meetings and things like mm-hmm. that because it occupies enough without taking my so if someone's looking down and it looks like they're not they're not paying attention ask them a question if they know the answer then they're probably kinetic and they're just making sure they're doing what they need to to focus mm-hmm. or um you know if if you send somebody an email over and over again and they don't seem to be getting it you probably need to call them because they need to hear it mm-hmm. for it to really sink in and um that's just been so valuable to me to try to get information to people in the way they're going to absorb it best. Well, and I think that sort of prevents those difficult conversations is if you can, you can figure out how to connect with people. You know, for me, I'm somebody who's that same way. I, I usually have a pen and a paper and I'm doodling something because if I'm not, if I'm not making some sort of small movement or my occupying some part of my brain actively, Mm -hmm. it's very hard for me to, to absorb anything. I'll hear you. I'll even be able to repeat back what you said, but I will not know what you said in 10 minutes. Yep. 
Yes, so exactly. I'm that I, way exactly. I have to have something else occupying my brain. So I, mine is like ends up usually being a lot of stars and sailboats and flowers on a piece of paper. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it was before I before I got a PDA. Yeah, so <laughs> it's well, you know, people always get a little weird when I pull out the iPhone while they're talking to me. <laughs> so no. Um, also, with me, if, if if I have my iPhone out, I tend to end up in social, which then it, it is actually distracting me. Yeah, then then it's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this is something that's, that's passive and, and not distracting, but it engages some part of my brain. Um, and for some reason, for me, the drawing, some sort of creative piece, mm-hmm. helps for it, it's, and, and I think knowing that about yourself is also a key part of knowing who to work with. You know, who, the kind of people you want to have on your team are not necessarily people who cannot connect that way or not understand that. Exactly. Uh, and you know, it feeds into your ideal clients too. You know, most of my ideal clients are not people who, who are going to read something and get it because I don't present content that way very often. Mm-hmm. You know, my content, I get a lot of audio learners because they listen to the show. Yes. Um, I get a lot of people who like video because most of my programs are very video based. Um, but also I speak a lot to those people who are going to figure it out by doing it. So as I'm doing the video, I'm like, do this. Like my videos are built so that you can have whatever I'm teaching you open and be mm-hmm. doing it with me. Yeah, exactly. I do that a lot in my coaching with project managers. Mm-hmm. Wait until they have the situation, then tell them and show them, you know, and put up a, a thing on how to handle it. And then they go off and try to handle it and come back and tell me what they did. So I think there's something that's work, and, and maybe it's just because this is how I learned, but there's something about working through something that makes it a lot easier for me to understand it. This was the problem I always had in math. Because I was like, no, I want to, like, I really liked the math when you're a kid and they give you cubes and stuff. Ah, yes. Because I was like, yes, this I get. And then you start adding letters and I have to, like, do formulas and you've lost me. (laughs) It's it's pretty interesting how it all works. How, you know, people just, I, I wish there were more of it. I wish people would, that this, it's a real physiological thing i mean mm-hmm. there's I, I actually went through a class on the you know the the science behind it and the brain stuff and the chemicals and all that but mm-hmm. but um but it's real it definitely is and sometimes yeah. if you're you're sometimes you lose people mm-hmm. when you're talking to them because they're not getting it well know? and i think what's what's so important is now in in, in this day and age um you know i think we're more apt to as a society being very openly life lifetime learners yes i mean with the internet and and with 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 you know all of that stuff and you know shows and and whatever like people are always kind of learning something new even if it's just like passively watching something on the history channel which i just totally exposed how much of a nerd i am um you know what i mean like we're always like randomly learning something it's true so to cut off the sort of thinking about how people consume information and learn at an elementary level is kind of short-sighted as a society. Yes, it so, is. And I think it is. It, you know, we, we went into this conversation talking about sort of how to read a situation and, and, and so you can get the best result. But I think taking a step back from when you get to that situation and doing things like being aware of how people consume information or how people respond to information and, and reading a person early helps maybe prevent some of those situations where you have to be really careful and yes. not talk from an emotional place and get mad. <laughs> right. Well, and if you could take a step back, even if even if you haven't had a chance to do it beforehand, you could if you could take a step back and look as well as listen if you're in, actually in a room with someone mm-hmm. 
you can start to tell, you know, where where they're coming from, whether they're taking notes because then they're, you know, or or whether they're they're staring off into space and listening to you, or whether you've lost them entirely because, Lord knows that happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's it all kind of feeds in. Um, the motivation stuff. I'm working with people longer term. You get a better idea of their motivation. But yeah, if if you walk into a room and say, "How's your weekend?" You're going to find out something about that person that'll help you connect. Mm-hmm. You know, because people say something. I spend it with my kids. Oh, they have kids. Okay. <laughs> or mm-hmm. or you know, I I spend it. You know, I I went to Yosemite for the weekend. Okay, they they like the outdoor stuff. Or you know, I. I uh, couch surfed for for the whole weekend. I binged. Um, you know, you, a, a common common point of uh, anything mm-hmm. really helps connect and diffuse situations, right? Because it's more then then everyone's more of a person, right? They're not yeah. just a face or a business contact or a problem. <laughs> um, they're they're a real person and they got real stuff, and it's it's maybe. Um, a little easier for everyone to listen to everyone else. And and I think that's a really, it's a really good point is sometimes we get so focused in on what the problem is that we forget there's people involved, Mm -hmm. you know, and I talk a lot about that just from a sort of random standpoint from marketing, you know, they're not Facebook numbers. There there's people on the other end of that picture. It's not an email address. There's a person who reads that email communicate that way. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I think we do tend to, you know, and, and I think this is a lot of, you know, the, the internet courage. <laughs> I really like <laughs> yeah. it. I don't remember where I heard that, but somebody said it and I'm like, that's genius. You know, it gets trolls and whatnot. Is that same? Yeah. like, well, that's the whole Dilbert thing. You're mighty yeah. brave in cyberspace, boy. <laughs> yeah. So if we can eliminate that and, and communicate as people, I think it can make it a lot easier. And I think from a management perspective, you know, we started talking about, you know, your experience at IBM as a manager and things like that. But, you know, the same is true for, you know, hiring somebody to design your website you know maybe you're a solopreneur and you're doing this alone but you're you're at some point going to outsource something yes make sure you're starting that relationship from a great standpoint and and the, you know are ready to manage sort of situations as needed you know I, I hear a lot of stories from friends who oh i worked with so-and-so because we're in the same circles and and then they're like well i can't tell them this because we're friends and i'm like yeah, but you have to be honest and you have to be clear and you have to you have to have these conversations. So I think going, you know, at it the way you've talked about it is, you know, reading the situation and, and finding a win for everybody can make it less uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And even if you can't find the win for everyone, <clears throat> when everyone knows that you're trying to, mm-hmm. it makes it easier. Right. And everybody else tries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's not going to be easy. And and I try to be upfront about that too. It's like, look, this is this is how it's got to be. I I can't I can't change it. So mm-hmm. how do how do we make it more palatable? You know, and and people tend to respond to that to understand that you would change it if you could, but mm-hmm. you can't. So let's deal. Well, and I think that speaks to the transparency we talked about. Like, you know, yes. this has to be our end result. What is the least sucky way we can get there? Right. Also, and sometimes that's it. That's you know, that's that's where you are. You know, so. I, I think a lot about it in, in travel terms. You know, I have to go to X, Y, Z. What is the least terrible? Like, okay, I have to spend 45 minutes in the airport, you know, in the airport for a, a 45 minute flight where it's going to take me 45 minutes to get back out of the airport. Or I have a six hour drive through the desert. 
Um, okay. Well, <laughs> which sucks less? I always think of this when I have to go because I'm in Phoenix, so I always think of this when I have to go to Southern California or Vegas. Like, what's going to be worse? <laughs> and then once you make that decision, you could say, "And how do I make it not quite so sucky now that I know I have to do this?" What yeah, usually I-, I just choose the airplane. That way, I can just drink on the plane. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Again, it makes I it will more powerful. choose the airplane, and my plan is I will drink on the airplane. There we go. <laughs> I find the wine makes it all. It, it makes all. It makes time fly by. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for being on the show. Um, before I let you go, I do want to pe- let people know where they can find uh, out more about you and and what you do and and all of all of your offerings. Um, <clears throat> best place is my website. That's www.ivbay.com. I V Y like the plant and B A Y like well actually like the tree or like. Where your sh- where your boat is, ivbay.com. <laughs> okay, and we will. Um, I'll have a link to that on the show notes as well, oh, thank so you. you guys can get that, that there. Um, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I loved our conversation. Time flew by. Which yes, I always absolutely. think those are always my favorite episodes. Where I'm like, oh, it's been like 20 minutes. <laughs> Has it really? Wow. Yes, we're just about to hit 25. Wow. Well, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> but see, that's why th- that these are my favorite episodes because I'm like, oh, oh, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way yes sometimes it's all oh, that happened and it's not a good way but no but thank you for being on the show thank you for sharing your insights um i would love to hear from you guys so hit the vip community and tell us some situations um where maybe you have had to do some of this stuff and it, it worked out better because i think uh for me I, I like learning from other people's experiences so i don't have to make the same stupid mistakes i'm selfish that way i'm with you there <laughs> if you already did it i don't need to that's, that's just my thought process <laughs> so and vice versa if i've done it there's no reason for anyone else to have to that's why we coach right exactly so again thank you kim for being on the show thank you guys for listening i will see you guys next time thank you <laughs>